Ryan Novozinski joins me on today's episode of Locked On Devils as we discuss everything behind the scenes and his expectations moving forward. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked On Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to Locked On Devils Podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, Colin Jockey, plug my play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks Pitchforks, Trey Matthews, coming to you live from my vacation spot. If you're watching on YouTube, this is not a green screen. I'm actually on vacation right now, but the show must go on. Locked On Devils on the go. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legendary Ryan Novozinski. He is like the Adrian Wojnarowski of the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> He is one of my great sources that I use on this show. So I always say, like, according to Ryan Novozinski, he says so-and-so. Ryan, it's great to have you back on the show, my man. Well, thank you for having me, Trey. First and foremost, uh, I thought, uh, I'm like you guys probably, I thought that that was a green screen. And I was like, okay, we're going on vacation here. But no, that is, um, it's really good placement there. I don't know where you're, like, standing. You're maybe at a big window. But no, it looks good, man. <laughs> I'm actually outside. I'm outside. Where are you, where are you at? I'm in Disney World. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, for, 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 for vacation. So, Ryan, you picked one hell of a time to become a, a, a beat reporter for New Jersey Devils because at the time it's recording, they're on a 13-game heater. That's their longest win streak since 2001. And, you know, we got we to gotta change of PA announcing. We got to change of play-by-play announcing. We got you added to the team now. So it seems like everything is coming to fruition behind the scenes. And, it, this Devils team is just fun to watch. They, they're, I, I'll tell you what, Trey. Like you, you say that, and people have tweeted that at me, and and I, it rains true every day. Like to be able to cover this team, you know, I went going into the season. Like I, I, I've said this yesterday on a show. I said I don't think it was a hot take to think that the Devils would would make a push for you know the wild card or anything like that. Heck, I think you and I have even said that. But man, to have this team boom like they are, I mean, you look at this right now, like just the amount of points that they have, I think it's up to 32. Um, and, you know, you're sitting there and and we're we're having conversations like, okay, the 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 Bruins keep rolling. This is not like like last year you're having conversations, oh God, like are they the worst team in the league? Now it's um a conversation of, Oh God, are they the first or second best team in the league uh, compared there with the Boston Bruins? So, no, it's just been a, a tremendous time, Trey, and you know to uh, to to sit there and and watch this this fast paced hockey, this very fun hockey. It's not like they're winning and they're like the the New York Islanders where it's like really slow and 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 uh, and, and a little bit you know uh, uh, defensive first. Although there is a lot of defense, there's a boom in offense too, and that's you know a, a credit to. The development of of some of these young stars, obviously Jesper Bratt and uh, and and the two number one picks uh, Hughes and and Nico Heischer. But my goodness, I mean, just to see all these all these other guys clicking the the new 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 acquisitions too, like John Marino, man, and uh, boy, what a game he had last night um, against the Edmonton Oilers. And you know, I mean, God, what else can you say about Vitek Vanacek that hasn't already been said? I mean, it's just you got to look at Fitzgerald and and you got to think that even sometimes he might be thinking, holy crap, like I'm I kind of fleece some of these teams. <laughs> uh, I could say one thing, Vitek Vanacek for Vesna, maybe. 
Uh, I I know, I know uh, a lot, he might get overlooked because originally I think uh, people view him as sort of a backup to Mackenzie Blackwood, but obviously Mackenzie Blackwood went out. Now Vitek Vanacek had to step into the role, but quite honestly, even when uh, Mackenzie Blackwood was healthy, I think Vitek Vanacek was always on the radar to be the starting goalie because it was a 1A, 1B kind of situation. But now since Blackwood is out of the picture for the time being, Vitek Vanacek, he has won what? his uh, ninth straight uh, decision uh, because I know he had to come out against the Ottawa Senators game, uh, I believe like a week or two ago, but nonetheless, he, he has this personal uh, win streak going for him and uh, he played phenomenal against the Edmonton Oilers and he was the first star of the game. So overall, it's just like Vitek Vancek for Vesna maybe. <laughs> well, I I don't know about Vesna yet, but I mean he's definitely rolled together to some of these some of these uh, very good performances. I can tell you with uh, 100% confidence. So um, I I heard from Marty last week. He he had told me like we were talking about you know the goalie situation, how it's come together from his perspective. And Martin Bordor said that you know he fully anticipated uh, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood to take the bulk of reps this year and, and to be you know sort of the, the number one guy, but. My goodness, I mean, you look at the, the surgence of Vanacek, it's coming at the perfect time for the Devils, um, especially with, with, with Blackwood going down. So, you, you know, you have that relief there. And, I mean, this guy's played, like, a bunch of games. Obviously, you get Akira Schmid sliding in there uh, for, for a couple games now. But, I mean, even when Schmid is, is, is uh, get put in, like, it's... Trey, can you believe that we're sitting here right now and there's not a single, you know, knock on wood, I guess, but there's not a single seemingly goalie issue this year. I mean, you know, you had the first two games where things looked like it was going to be uh, pretty hectic, pretty hell, but um, a lot of that was on the defense um, and, you know, them kind of just starting to click together. But no, it's, I mean, we're right here. We're uh, a good portion of the season in. We're about a quarter way in and, and um, you know, you're, you're, you're having this team not having to worry about goalies. I, I, I cannot fathom it. I thought that would be, an ongoing storyline all year where, you know, you, you have to Fitzgerald might have to make a little bit of a panic trade. I don't know what was going to happen with it, but Oh man, I, uh, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's incredible what, what Vanacek has done and, and he certainly deserves the, uh, the national accolades that he's getting. Well, it's funny how you said like it, here we are just sitting talking about the New Jersey devils and there doesn't seem there, it doesn't seem to be any like goalie issues for a time being, like you said, knock on wood, but, during the course of the offseason, when you first appear on the show, we were literally talking about could Johnny Goodrow come to the New Jersey Devils, and obviously they whipped on him. But I think it works for the better of the of the Devils because I had Christy Flannery on my show recently, and she said that she was big on the New Jersey Devils finding more depth options, not trying to uh, just add more to their top six. So Johnny Goodrow, Alex DeBrinket, Tevin Fiala, those are big-name players that definitely could have uh, done wonders on the – top six for New Jersey Devils, but uh, getting Eric Holla was actually very uh, good for New Jersey Devils. Um, just uh, Fabian Zetterlin, uh, just just overall the bottom the bottom six for Devils has really come into fruition, and, and, and the BMW line has been very impactful of Michael McLeod, Nathan Bastion, and Miles Wood. Uh, just basically, they're the X factor, and every every good team needs that, which is just a, 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 a unit that is slept on, but at the same time, you know how impactful they can be. So it's really been that BMW line and Miles Wood returning to action once again because he was dearly missed last year. But 
I want to get your perspective after the course of the off season, what were your expectations for the devils? Like, did you think they improved obviously, but it, it wasn't the improvement that I think a lot of fans were anticipating, but I don't think anyone's complaining nowadays. Yeah. So when I, when I, when the off season happened, um, you know, with the initial Goudreau uh, kind of, you know, the nonsense happened, you know, especially with the, um, with, with the deal falling through, so to speak, um, it, it was odd because I didn't realize just how good the Devils would be this year. So I thought morale-wise, they would have to land a guy like Gaudreau, um in order to, you know, really reignite the fan base and, and have, you know, sort of the, the positive vibes uh, back back in play. But they're able to do it with some of these gritty guys. I mean, th- think about this. Their most expensive offseason acquisition, uh, Andre Palat, he goes down in the Washington game. He doesn't play in Detroit, hasn't played since. And you look at it now and it, and they're on a 13 game heater. Okay. So that's their most expensive off season acquisition. And he's not even playing during this. Um, and that's not a knock on him. That's just that, that is a testament to what um, guys like Fabian Zetterlin, guys like, even like Jesper Boquist, like have been able to slot in and, uh, and really just, just, you know, fulfill that role. And you said it too, you know, the, the, this fourth line, the way it's coming together, the way that they're racking up points, the way that they're racking up, Goodness, they're just one of the grittiest lines in the, in the league, it looks like. That's how the makeup of the, the 2012 Devils uh, Cup run team was built. You had that that fourth line um, of, of Bernier and, and uh, Gianta and, um, and Carter, and that, that's, that's how they were built. Like, you, you know, you have uh, th- these good teams, you know, you can't just have like this, you know, the stars at, at the top. You got to have it dispersed all throughout and... I think the Devils are finally getting production. I think they're even getting production from from Dawson Mercer's line too, um, and you know that's 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 good signs for them. And then you look at the defense, the way that the defense is uh, is made up, and you know that 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 too is it's just everything is clicking. Um, the pairing of Ryan Graves and and uh, John Marino is clicking. The uh, obviously Dougie and um, and 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 Jonas Siegenthaler too, and. You know, like there's there's some holes in the defense. I still, I I think still, like maybe at the bottom there. But um, you know, even still, like I mean, you look at David Severson has a goal last night, and um, and what Brendan Smith is able to add in the locker room, and you know, sometimes on the ice too. Um, it's just it's one of those things, man. That uh, you know, you look at and and you can, <laughs> you could you could be you could be a little bit cocky if you're a Devils fan right now. Before we continue with today's episode, I want to get you guys hit to Simply Safe. So, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that way more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system today at half off and enjoy advanced security and great peace of mind this holiday season. So, Simply Safe, once again, this, this kind of stuff doesn't just happen at home alone. It happens in real life. So you might want to protect all those holiday gifts with Simply Safe. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss on your chance to stay big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. That is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And now, let me get you guys hip to bet online so you can make some big money this holiday season. So, betonline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional sport and amateur league out there. 
from football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it for you live at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find all those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, easy way to get all your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, let's get back to our discussion with Ryan Novozinski. Take it away. So let's talk some silly season because you might know some stuff that I don't. So I know the New Jersey Devils, they're on a 13-game heater. They're first in the Metro. And I basically and I talked to my buddy, the Brat Pack, which is basically all they have to do is play 500 hockey from here on out, and they'll be just fine. Whether or not they finish first in Metro, sneak in as a wild card, whatever the case might be, the Devils have built a comfortable cushion because I think they're either 9 or 10 points to the good in first in the Metro. So they're, they're building up that nice, uh, that nice cushion, but you do have to start thinking about like, okay, are we legitimate? Are we contenders? Because are the New Jersey Devils like um, going to try to push for a player that can uh, be somewhat impactful because they got the pieces to do so. But the one problem I say for the Devils is that they have so many good talent uh, prospects in their pipeline, but not everyone's going to be given a fair chance to showcase their skills especially since the New Jersey Devils have taken like five steps forward and they're playing much better than anybody anticipated. So are you hearing any like trade rumors or discussions, maybe the Devils going after someone like Timo Meyer from uh, San Jose because they might be looking to just tank hard for Connor Bedard. So you trade him a few prospects and maybe a, a draft pick and just try to do something in that regards or, I know they were big on, or maybe William Nylander, because they're about to play the Toronto Maple Leafs once again. So it's just like, are you hearing anything? Are the New Jersey Devils all in on maybe contending and maybe taking their organization to the next level, or is it pretty much just stick with what they got? I think there's a couple things to that. Uh, I spoke with Tom Fitzgerald last week. What he said was, he gave a couple answers to it. Um, first and foremost, he said that, you know, he's, if if it comes down to it, if 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 this thing continues to roll the way it is, and there's glaring issues, whether it be it size, be it physicality, be it you know needing a finisher, that they would make a trade, they would. Um, so what, who that is, we don't really know. Um, I think you can look at the obvious guys. You can look at a uh, uh, Damon Severson. You can look at um, you know even a Ryan Graves. Although I don't, I was always of the camp that I think they'll keep one of them. Um, I don't. I never thought they would trade both of them. I think I'd, especially. I'd, their I don't mean to interrupt you, but if I had to say my personal opinion or give an educated guess, I'd say you keep Ryan Graves, you get rid Agreed. of Damon Severson because you can't – because Damon Severson, the money he's going to demand, it could go to great use somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, especially when you got, you know, some of these younger defensemen in your in your uh, system there, you can slot guys up, man. And, uh, you know, so who they trade Damon Severson for, um, it, it, it's, it remains to be seen, but it, it would have to be like – like you'd have to get the vibe of, okay, do they want to, you know, create some more space or do they want to add him and maybe a prospect, maybe a pick to get a guy like Timo Meyer? I don't know yet. Um, the vibe right now though, is that whenever these teams say, Oh yeah, we're waiting to see, we're taking a game by game. I usually roll my eyes and, and cringe at that. But I legitimately think that the devils right now are more successful than they thought they would be. Um, so I think they're, almost like 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 wow like like they i knew they thought they could do it but trey this is 13 games in a row i mean they're 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 legitimately gonna have to think about the record right now um as much as they're trying not to 
um, so I think that, you know, they're, they're a little bit dumbfounded at how well they're doing. So I think their trade deadline, I think on the fly, they're, they're working on, you know, the, sort of their trade deadline mindset. Fitzgerald likes building teams in the summer. He's been on record saying that, but I think if it comes down to it, he will, he will make a move. Um, and, you know, it, I think, you know, acquiring some of the guys, like you mentioned, like a Timo Meyer, or maybe, I don't know who else would be on the market that adds physicality, but someone like that um, to, to, you know, either the bottom six or, or whoever. Um, but honestly, right now it is, you know, it's 13 games and, you know, 19 games through it's a small sample size, but it's kind of not, you know, anymore. Like it's, 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 they're rolling. And if they continue to do this, yeah, they might have some slow starts here and there, but um, if guys like Fabian Zetterland and, and uh, you know, some of these other fringe guys that we mentioned, like, like a Jesper Boquist, like if they continue to roll the way they're doing, and I, I remember last night just watching Zetterland, the way he was blocking a, a, one of those shots um, and just, he was like moving all over the ice there. I think his pace is way up. So I think some of these younger guys that are in the lineup, obviously, I think their pace is way up. So I think they're adjusting well to the NHL. So I don't know that they're going to go ahead and, and switch up the whole locker room there um, as much as fans might want to. Also, the, mo the most annoying thing I would say to finish off, Fitzgerald said that that Andre Palat coming back might act as their uh, as their trade deadline acquisition. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. See, the, Andre Palat, the, that's their trade deadline acquisition. No, you already had him and you already had a system in place for him. Now, I'm I curious agree. To see Listen, I agree. I think it's. Stupid, yeah, I know. But... I'm, not, I'm not trying to shoot the messenger here, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with Andre Palat just because it's like he's going to he's out for an extended period of time. Same with Mackenzie Blackwood, because it's like if something isn't broke, don't try to fix it. So it's and everyone seems to be clicking. So where do you slide Andre Palat or Mackenzie Blackwood? For that matter, so I think the starting role is going to go to Vitek Vanek. But if Akira Schmidt continues to do really well, then you really got to consider like, is it time to move on from Mackenzie Blackwood? Um, Andre Pilat is just like, is he going to hinder the overall impact for the Devils? Because I love what he does behind the scenes. I love what he does in the locker room, but his production throughout his career, solid, nothing spectacular. And I projected that he could have like a career year because he would be more of the uh, focal point for Devils, but obviously that changes since Jesper Bratt is doing well. Nico Heischer is the MVP of this team in my eyes. Jack Hughes is a point-per-game player. You still got some other production like Tomas Tatar and, and, and players of that caliber, so it just raises the question, how do you slide it back in Andre Pilat without ruining um, the, the system that you have in place? Well, you got to play him, obviously, you know, especially contract-wise, you got to play him, um, but I, I will say this. I mean, I think adding Palat to this team, we only saw him for a couple games there um, or for a few games there, I should say. I think it, it I think it'll add a, a big boost to the lineup too. Uh, you know, especially when you, you know, when you rearrange the lines a little bit, because I think quite honestly, like the, the reason the lines have stuck together for, for as long as they have is because of this winning streak. Like I think Ruff usually likes to like shuffle things up a little bit, um, I think he, you know, is almost like, okay, if it's not broke, don't fix it, uh, which is a good mindset to have. And it's been working. So, you know, continue doing that, keep running and gunning and this team is going to work. Um, and then, you know, you can slot uh Palat back in there with, with, uh, you know, either Hughes or, or he shared, then, uh, you know, that that's, that's pretty good. And I think, you know, it, it'll probably be Boquist, uh, who, who gets, you know, the, the scratch there, if so, obviously, um, but you know, you 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 end up seeing what uh, you you got, you know, at the um, at at the end there, and 
quite honestly, too, uh, with with um, Tom Fitzgerald, he had told me the, that he wants to get to a point. I, I, this is when I asked about Holton Ball, who obviously got called down today. Um, he said he wants to get to a point where like the lineups don't even matter because there's so much depth that they can slot guys in and some guys can get a rest here and there. Um, almost in like a load management type of way. Um, I know you're a Lakers fan, so you know you know about. Uh, the... I'm, a, I'm, a Le- I'm a LeBron fan. Just, you're a LeBron just, fan. Just, okay. I'm a LeBron <laughs> fan. I'll be fair. So like, I'm not gonna lie and say I was, you know, a fan throughout the Kobe and Shaq years. So uh, there, well, there you go. Um, but you know, you might get some. I'm not saying you're not, you're gonna get Kawhi level uh, load management, but I, you might be able to get some guys uh, some some breaks there, which I think you know might be good for for some of the aging guys in this team. Um, to see what, you know, what they could do. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe that means Holtz gets called up, uh, you know, towards the end of the year or whatever happens with that. Um, you just want to, like I said, Fitzgerald wants to get to a point where it doesn't really matter what the lineup says um, because there's so much depth and there's a lot of similar play styles. Yeah. I think, I think the Holtz and uh, ball uh, sent down at the time of this recording, uh, according to my, to my boss over at pucks and pitchforks, there was no corresponding move made. So I think it's just for the no. holidays kind kind of thing. So that's my that's my educated guess, and that's uh, what we're saying over at Pucks and Pitchforks. But uh, you have a unique situation, which is similar to Christy Flannery. You get to go behind the scenes and actually talk to some of these players. You just mentioned you talked to Marty Brodeur. You talked to uh, Tom Fitzgerald. Um, overall, when you go into the locker room, what is your like main takeaway kind of thing? Like what's been the most interesting things you have heard amongst the devil's locker room? Cause I'm sure that the, uh, the vibe has certainly picked up a little bit more since they're winning a lot. Oh, it's, it's night and day. Um, even at practice, like the, the practices at the beginning of the year, um, beginning of the season, I should say, I, I was, I would go in there and it would, you know, after the Detroit and Philadelphia, you know, the team was rolling, um, like, like advanced analytics wise, obviously they were losing on the, on the scoreboard, but I didn't, th- because they didn't see the results, they, they were obviously pissed and, it, and you could tell. Um, but you know, you, you look at it now and it's like, people are clicking the, uh, the vocal leaders are coming out. Guys like a Brendan Smith, guys like, um, Eric Holla, guys like, um, even Nico Heischer too. I think he's elevated his captaincy this year, um, has br- been brought to a different level. I mean, you talk to him. One of the biggest takeaways I have is that when I talk to Nico Heischer, it's not like talking to the other young guys in the team where you could tell they're a little bit uh, dumbfounded by media or uh, a little bit thrown off by media. You look at Nico Heischer and he's like a vet. Um, and it's, it's, it's weird because we're the same age. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm talking to him and it's like, I'm talking to a guy like Tatar or, or heck, even Damon Severson, like, you feel like they're old. Um, and, you know, that just shows, uh, and I think that permeates through, you know, his leadership skills as well. I think, you know, that that's showing with his teammates as well. And uh, they're really looking to him this year and, and all these other guys, man, like, uh, you know, the, some of the guys that I like talking to the most in the locker room, I really like talking to uh, Severson. I like talking to uh, Brennan Smith. I think Christy mentioned those two names, uh, but it's true. They're very fun to talk to. Dawson Merch is a great guy to talk to. It always brings a lot of energy. Um, uh jack talked the other day jack talked yesterday and it was uh it was it was pretty okay like, I, I i gotta ask you it, does jack hughes really genuinely not like the media because uh he's a he's inadvertently one of the funniest guys on the team but i think it's just <laughs> I, I think it's just the fact that he doesn't like talking to the media or that kind of thing and i know he's the 
butt end of most jokes went, especially by the Brat Pack or that kind of thing. But I got, but since you're there, does he genuinely not like the media or is he just like, is he just not polished yet? Um, I think Jack, I think Jack is starting to like it a little bit more, maybe as the wins pile up, but I, I don't think he really, I don't think it's his favorite thing to do at all. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like you get, you, you talk to him sometimes. I, I, it, so. I, I get that vibe from his brother too, from his brother, yeah. uh, Luke Hughes, because I, Luke Hughes actually came up to my alma mater, Adrian College, to play uh, them in a scrimmage. And I tried asking the coaches, like, because this was before he was drafted by Devils, but there was a good chance that he could get drafted by Devils. And I was like, can I please talk to Luke Hughes or that kind of thing? They wouldn't let me kind of thing. Oh, man. <laughs> there you go. Listen, no, I, I, I can't speak to Luke, but uh, with Jack, I mean, I, I just – I don't think he's uh, it's his favorite thing. Like I said, I think, you know, there's some players that like to have fun with it. Severson has told me straight up like he likes to have fun with it. Um, and he thinks some of the guys take it a little bit too seriously. But, you know, um, and, and that's not you know, that's not at anybody. He's not like, you know, calling out anybody on the team in particular. But he thinks I think league wide, some people take it too seriously. But with um, with Jack, no, it's definitely uh, <laughs> it was for, for a while there it was like pulling teeth. But uh, now it's um, he talked yesterday and it was it was pretty OK. So. So here's hoping that uh, if the Devils keep winning, you know, Jack Hughes will uh, keep talking. All right, so I got to ask you, what are your expectations going forward? Because when this episode goes live, the Devils will be playing, I believe, the Toronto Maple Leafs once again. And they're on this 13-game heater, and you get to go behind the scenes and just see all this action. What are your expectations uh, team-wise and organization-wise? And can you go into detail in, in that regard since, like I said, you get to go behind the scenes in that, in that order? My take is that until the Devils lose, I I, I guess the uh, you know course of action is is to keep thinking that they will win. Uh, quite honestly, and you know you look at the advanced stats they pointed that too. They're dominating. I think number two in Corsi. Their expected goals percentage has sat at the top for the whole uh, season so far. I think they're up there in shots per game as well, and maybe two or three. Um, the Devils are rolling, and even when they go down early on in these games, uh, they're undefeated. Um, and that that to me shows a resilient bunch that, um, you know, can really propel forward in the rebuild. And, and I think the Devils, I know there was someone that said the Devils uh, wouldn't make the playoffs yesterday. <laughs> uh, forget who that was. Um, some bum, so, some bum on NHL Network. <laughs> we don't need it. We well, don't need it. I, I will not call out other media people, but I will say that I don't think that's I don't think that's really a, a, I don't think that's a really smart thing to say. <laughs> yeah. No, look, look. I think, like the Brat Pack told me, all the Devils have to do from here on out is just play 500 hockey or somewhere close to that. Because sure. if if the Devils at this, like, I get that they're, like, back in the 2017-2018 season, I get they were first in the Metro, and they then they barely made it into the wild card. But this is different. They're on a 13-game win streak. They're, they've already built, like, a 9- or 10-point cushion in the Metro. It would be unbelievable if the Devils didn't make the playoffs. Like, I think they would be the first team in history. uh, Don't please, nobody quote me on this. I think they would be the first team in history to go on this kind of lengthy win streak because uh, the the record is 17 or to tie the record is 17 by the Pittsburgh Penguins. And um, if, if if, if they are on this lengthy win streak and miss the playoffs, I think they'll be the first team in NHL history to do so. You're absolutely right. I can tell you the other two teams that did it, though, um, they, well, rather, the other two teams that won 10 games in a row that ended up make, uh, missing the playoffs, it was the Buffalo Sabres in 2018, uh, something like that, and the Philadelphia Flyers, like, one year before that. Um, so, yeah, there's teams that have done it, 
but it is very rare. And I will quote Aaron Boone here, Yankees manager Aaron Boone, um, who whenever the Yankees were struggling at the end of the season um, and they got up to a hot start, he said, You'll, you guys will have a hell of a story. He told reporters, you guys will have a hell of a story to write if we do collapse here. Uh, so I think I will have a hell of a story to write if they do. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the advanced stats point to sustained success here, um, especially, you know, the, the, like I said, the expected goals number, the amount of high danger chances this team is creating. I mean, they're, they're, they out, uh, the, in scoring chances last night, they, they out-muscled the Oilers and that's the Oilers we're talking about that I is, saw I saw John Marino just basically take yeah. <laughs> no prisoners against Connor McDavid absolutely sunned him that's going to be the guy all year that that you get these star guys uh, from other not teams. to mention not to mention we traded Ty Smith and a draft pick for John Marino because he was <laughs> underappreciated for the Pittsburgh Penguins organization I'm with you Trey I'm with you <laughs> no it's um so yeah, I mean, I, I I see sustained success. I see a playoff uh, a playoff down team playoff run. It could happen, absolutely. Um, I don't. I I think you know we gotta we gotta wait uh, to for predictions there. <laughs> I certainly won't say Stanley Cup yet because uh, I will get clowned on for for jinxing everything. But um, I will you know I'll, I'll definitely say that they are uh, man, they are a team. <laughs> so I I brought this up. Oh, go ahead. No, just saying a wagon. Okay, wagon. So my thing is, it's like I talked to uh, a, a former colleague of mine over at Locked On, and, and I've already mentioned this to Christy Flannery and also my buddy Jersey Joe, and he tried to explain to me how this should have worked for the New Jersey Devils because um, people were basically saying that the Devils were headed back to the lottery or that kind of thing, or saying I was delusional by saying that they could potentially uh, sneak their way into um, the, the playoffs. And I just basically said, like, you know, we know how good Jonas Siegenthaler was. We know how good the BMW line could be since Miles Wood is finally back to action. And basically, he was just saying, you're relying on random dudes like Jonas Siegenthaler. The BMW line is a bunch of misfits or uh, goaltending has been poor. You are correct by, about that. But here's the thing. Injuries played a factor. So Mackenzie Blackwood got injured last year. Jonathan Bernier got hurt last year. Got to bring up two guys from Utica that were not ready for the NHL at that given moment. But calling Jonas Siegenthaler a random dude, it just shows that you don't watch the Devils for the past few years. Or saying that the BMW line is a bunch of misfits. No, Miles Wood is the glue piece. So this guy basically tried to tell me how this should have worked for the Devils and how they should have been a lottery team. And I'm just like, no, you just don't watch the Devils hockey like you and I do. So uh, I was on I was on uh, uh, TSN in, in Canada yesterday and um and in Edmonton yesterday. And, and that, that was one of the questions that I was asked was, so this Jonas Siegenthaler guy, and it was like this Jonas Siegenthaler guy, almost like, you know, who's this Jonas Siegenthaler guy? Um, and my response was, no, like he's been a, he's been a fan favorite for the past like two years. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that, that took, he told me he took a pay cut, um, you know, to, to uh, cause he had higher offers there and he knew, he knew he can get other money uh, or more money, I should say. He he wanted this team to have success because he this this is how much he loves this state. This is how much he loves you know this this franchise. So you he know he loves the state of New Jersey. That's a first. Yeah, right. Uh, so so you get you get guys like that um, on this team, and and you know th those are the glue pieces, like you said. Some of these random guys that are going to end up taking the league by storm once the Devils. Uh, and and I I've always loved that. I've always loved whenever 
you know, you get like, you get like a, a weird playoff run uh, from teams and you just kind of find out who like these, these third liners, fourth liners on teams that, you know, you might not watch uh, before. I remember like the, the Blackhawks teams, you would see that uh, the, 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 the Stanley cup Kings teams, you would see some of the guys like that, just some of these gritty uh, fourth liners, third liners that, you know, you might not see in everyday um, like upon your everyday watches, but in a playoff run, think about how fun it would be um, for, you know, guys like a Miles Wood, guys like uh, an Eric Holla to, you know, be some of those those key cogs on some of these uh, on a potential Devils playoff run. So I think it'd just be interesting to see that from a from a national perspective. All right, last question, Ryan. Any expectations moving forward and your thoughts going into the next matchup against the Toronto Maple Leafs? Because it was able to end in an OT game winner. Uh, by Yegor Sharangovich, and he's been on a roll ever since. I said that could have been a that was a momentum booster for him. I called it. Just wanted to say that. So I just want to get your final thoughts before we wrap up. I think, I think, like I said before, until the Devils start losing, that's I will never, I will not predict against the Devils. Um, and you know, I think this is going to be even more so than Edmonton, who they pretty much pounded last night. Um, I think this is going to be, you know, a, a very, very hard test for them. I think the arena is going to be bumping again. It was last night. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think in terms of uh, in terms of what Toronto is rolling with right now, some of their defensive struggles, I think Morgan Riley uh, is, is injured uh, for a long time now, too. That uh, was just announced as we were recording this. Um, you're going to see you know, a devil's team that's, that's extra motivated because they are uh, with the exception of all, obviously the guys that they have had out, they're healthy. They're at full strength right now. So, you know, I'd say that the devils win this next game. Um, and I say the streak continues. Man. And I think, you know, right after that, they play a Buffalo team who has now lost eight, nine in a row. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to say, but I think that this streak can continue to pile on and, uh, and we're to the point where we're actually thinking about 17. Okay. I, if the Devils break the Pittsburgh Penguins record of 17 wins in a row, I'm saying on the show right now, I will get a small tattoo of the New Jersey Devils logo. I, <laughs> I, I will do that. I will do that. Right on the forehead there. Dad, try, no, try, there you no, go. <laughs> no, and no, no. It'll be on like my heel or something, somewhere where you can't see it, but there I will get it. Well, this so, is perfect. I'm, I'm glad I'm here for this. <laughs> I will so hold Ryan's, you to that. Ryan's a witness, and, and and I know if that happens, he's going to tweet at me about it. I just, <laughs> I just know. It. No, I will. I absolutely will. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Ryan, thanks for hopping on once again. Everyone, check out his articles at nj.com. Ryan Novozinski, the Adrian Wojnarowski of the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Pleasure is always mine, man. Thank you, Trey. Appreciate you, man. And have fun on vacation, my friend. I will. Enjoy,